What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. We're still posting content over there every single day. Ethos Fantasy BB is the place to be getting all of our podcasts, articles, different news, polls, everything we got going on, baseball-related, gets shared out over there. Uh, we got daily pickup pieces still, two-star pitcher articles, weather. We got we got a lot of different stuff going on. If you're not on Twitter, then go to sportsethos.com, and you guys can get all that same great content over there. Now, today we are going to be talking about a couple of news and notes. There's not really a particular theme today. We're just going to hit on a couple of topics, and it's actually, you know, other than one sad thing, we're looking at a few bits of good kind of fun news uh, and usually when we do like a news and notes section, it's usually a bunch of injuries, especially recently, you know, who's having Tommy John, who's done for the year. You know, we got uh, Otani, Tony Gonsolin, Felix Batista, all with uh, elbow, UCL, Tommy John kind of injuries. So a lot of bad news on that front recently. But today we got uh, some more fun, kind of nice news to talk about. And let's start off with Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb was one out away yesterday from throwing a no-hitter. This was a fun one. Uh, I was watching some of this in and out. I didn't have my eyes on it the entire time, uh, but here and there I was definitely watching what Alex Cobb was doing yesterday. He's been one of my favorite pitchers for a long time. You guys can go and search Alex Cobb in my tweets and see how I've talked him up for so, so long. This start yesterday was just an example of what can happen when everything's working for him. He did end up going the distance. He allowed one hit, one run, and he did walk one batter. All of that did come in the ninth inning. Uh, He walked Nick Senzel, and then he allowed a double to Spencer Steer with two outs. Really unfortunate for him and for baseball in general, kind of. No offense to Spencer Steer or Reds fans, but you do like to see a no-hitter. But he did break it up there, drive in Senzel, and then he struck out Ellie De La Cruz right after to end the game. The weird thing is he didn't allow, like I said, a hit or a walk up to that point. There was an error uh, that was committed by, who was it? Um, Was it... Casey Schmidt committed an error, uh, but other than that, he was he was perfect yesterday. Alex Cobb for the season, we are now looking at a three five seven ERA, one three zero WHIP, one hundred forty one innings, one hundred twenty five Ks. He's been very very solid for you. You know, he's not somebody that has been amazing, but especially in those deeper formats, you know, there's not a hell of a lot of guys, even just in general, that have pitched to about a three five ERA this year over pretty much a full workload, one hundred forty one innings. Uh, that's that's a pretty decent workload at this point in the season. Pretty full. Uh, let me just see how many starts he's made. I think he has missed a couple, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but at that at this point of the year, uh, 25 starts. You know what? He might not have actually missed any starts. Uh, but that just goes to show you uh, the value that there has been in an Alex Cobb type, especially in your deeper leagues. And if you're looking at the ERA leaderboard in all of Major League Baseball, He's 21st among qualified starting pitchers. That's pretty damn good. Uh, I'll take that any day of the week for somebody that was pretty unheralded uh, coming into drafts. He usually is, and it usually is because of the defense that is behind him. But if you dig deep into the numbers, Alex Cobb is always very consistent, even with those, not just with his actual like ERA numbers, but if you're looking at his advanced statistics if you're looking at his pitching indicators you're usually looking at numbers that are in especially the last couple of years in the mid three kind of low four range really really serviceable especially 
uh, especially in deeper leagues, and especially because his walk rate is just so nice too. Like, there's a lot to really like about Alex Cobb. I've been a big fan, and I'm going to buy in again next year. I think uh, I don't see a reason why I wouldn't. There's a club option uh, at 10 million, I think, for next year for Cobb. So I wonder if the Giants will pick that up. I think that's if I'm reading that right. I think that's what we're looking at for next year. But either way, uh, I think I will be interested, despite the fact that he's going to be 36 years old pretty soon. Uh, he's just gotten better with age, and I really like what we've seen out of him these last couple of seasons uh, with the Angels in 2021 and then uh, in San Fran these last couple of years. So I just want to shout him out. Uh, great start yesterday. He's been a great asset for you all season long, really. Uh, it does average out, especially in your Roto leagues. Head-to-head, -head, it can be a little bit different, but he's been a Roto god uh, this season for you guys. But let's talk about Davis Schneider. He, we wanted, as Blue Jay fans, wanted David Schneider to be called up for so long. Eventually, he gets called up. He tears up Fenway Park. He just goes crazy over the first weekend series that he has there. A couple of home runs. I think he had nine hits. He was electric. And then he sits like six of the next seven games for whatever unknown reason. Now he's back in the lineup. Now he is just been absolutely incredible. Now, is this sustainable what he's doing? Absolutely not. He has a 281 uh, WRC plus. He has a 542 Babbitt. But what we've seen so far looks really good through his first 53 plate appearances. We saw him crushing in AAA this year. And there's sometimes, I know it's obviously a huge jump when you go from AAA to the big leagues, but there's sometimes players are just able to carry on that hot streak that they have. You know, over 87 AAA games, he had 21 homers, nine steals. He batted 275. You know, really, really good walk rate, which has translated to the big leagues as well. 13% walk rate so far in the big leagues to go along with the six homers and 14 RBIs. He's batting at the top or near the top of the Blue Jays lineup right now. He's went from batting fifth usually. Well, usually. It's hard to even say usually because he wasn't really in the lineup that much. But batting fifth, even lower down for the first couple games, I think. And now he's batting fifth, fifth, fourth, and then second yesterday. And he's batting second again today for the Blue Jays in this afternoon game. So he's definitely somebody I'm picking up in all formats right now and riding out this streak. He's batting second. You know, he's batting second for even though – uh, you know, they can be awful on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, the Blue Jays overall have a really excellent lineup, especially at the top there. He's sandwiched between George Springer and Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Sometimes that hasn't worked out amazingly this season, but overall, if you got that kind of talent, that kind of pedigree, uh, he's still available in a lot of leagues, and I think that he is going to make a pretty good asset, especially at a second base position that's fairly weak. Will it continue at this pace? Probably not. But it's beyond just a, a little hot streak at this point once you get beyond, like, 50 plate appearances. It's still, it's still, don't get me wrong, a hot streak. But it's not like, you know, he just had, like, that first weekend series and then totally fell off. He's actually been able to keep it up, even without sitting out, like, a full week in the middle there. So kudos to him. Kudos to people who picked him up. I got him in one league, which is actually my home league, where I really need a good week this week to get into the playoffs. It's a head-to-head -head league uh, where six teams get into the playoffs. I'm currently in fourth, need to maintain... Uh, my lead over the 5th and 6th and 7th and 8th place teams because it's all very close. And Schneider, I uh, picked him up the last couple days, and he has hit a home run. He's driven in three. He scored you know, just a one run, actually, but three hits uh, in his eight at-bats. He's hit the home run. If you've got him, he's been excellent, and I think the people who haven't picked him up are going to regret it if they don't. 
uh, even just for right now, because Toronto is facing Washington. If you guys are listening to this, it's probably the game has already started, uh, the finale of the series. But the Jays are going into Colorado and Coors Field uh, over the course of the weekend. So definitely somebody that I am looking to pick up where he is still available. David Schneider, go and get him. 26% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. It's way too low. Uh, that number is just going to keep climbing. And it's 19% over last week, so you don't have a long time to get in. You should have got in a couple days ago, but you still can uh, in a lot of leagues on David Schneider. But especially, just want to reiterate, before that Coors series, because we could see him hit easily uh, two or three home runs the way he's been swinging the bat recently. It would not surprise me at all. Let's talk about now the one sad thing uh, that we have on the agenda for today. The news actually came out yesterday, but it was not a part of yesterday's show. Uh, Jaron Duran. Jaron Duran is going to miss the rest of the season. He has turf toe. He's going to have surgery today. This one really, really sucks. I've had him in a couple of leagues uh, where he's been incredibly good for me. Now, I know over the last month he has kind of been on a bit of a downturn, even though still has a couple home runs and three steals over that time frame, so still doing it for you in your deeper leagues to some degree, but batting 196 uh, over that time frame as well. So the good did come with the bad overall for the season. He hit 295 over his 332 at-bats, 46 runs, 40 RBIs. He had eight homers and 24 steals. Overall, I will take that for the relative cost of Jaron Duran, which was nada. You were not drafting him coming into the season outside of 15-team leagues and draft and holds. Even then, in 15-teamers, he might have not been drafted. The role was uncertain. Even when he did play, it was some kind of platoons a lot of the time. He wasn't always getting the regular ABs, hence the kind of low uh, at-bat total there, 332. There were concerns. You know, He didn't look amazing in his cup of coffee in the bigs. I think he's actually had a couple of cups of coffee before this year. Uh, but regardless, for what you paid for him, which was probably you know some fab money or a waiver claim or just you picked him up, you got to take what you got and tip your cap to Jaron Duran for a great season. And you got to think for next year, you know, he's going to be back. Uh, he'll, there's, he'll be back for the start of the season, I should say. Um, you know, he has more than six months to go through this spring training starts with February, um, February, March kind of range. He'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be somebody I'm very interested in for next year. I'll be curious to see how the Red Sox use him next year. And I guess we kind of have to look at this season as an example and say, okay, are they going to use him a whole hell of a lot against left-handed pitching? Probably not. But, you know, when he did get into the lineup, uh, you know, against right-handed pitching, he was really good. And even against lefties, you know, he only had the 45 at-bats. He still batted uh, 289 in that time frame. But, you know, like I said, 45 at-bats. There's not a hell of a lot you can do uh, with that with those kind of numbers. It's just really not enough. Uh, when he was playing, usually leading off 36 times out of the leadoff spot, which is good. 20 times he batted fifth, 17 times. So he was seventh and then seven, eight times. He was spread out there uh, between sixth and ninth as well. He, he batted at every spot in the order except for second this season. So it'll be interesting to see if he is their leadoff hitter going into next year. I don't know if we'll know that for sure. But if we do get that kind of impression going into spring training that he's going to be an everyday leadoff hitter for the Red Sox, then I'm going to be very, very willing to pay the draft day cost, which is probably not going to be that much. He's probably somebody who's going to go undrafted in your 10-teamers. In your 12-teamers, he might be somebody that is somebody takes a flyer on at the end of the draft. You know, you got to think about it. On these rosters, if you're looking at just like a standard Yahoo kind of league, uh, you have 23 raw, any most leagues, you know, you got 23 
roster spots, active roster spots. And no, that does kind I shouldn't say that's every league, but if you're just talking about it, like a Yahoo standard league, 23 spots, let's say it's a 12 team league, that's 276 players. Is Jaron Duran going to be drafted in the top 276? Probably at the back end of it, if he does get drafted. He's not going to be somebody that is a top 200 pick in a lot of cases. People are going to be worried about, you know, the low number of at-bats, if he's going to play against lefties, you know, all the things I just talked about. So I do think he's going to be somebody that we really have to keep an eye on for next year as kind of a quote-unquote sleeper. We'll have, again, have to see where the price falls. If it does fall in the top 200, I'd still be interested to some extent, but not as interested uh, for sure. But, you know, if we're talking like beyond the 240, 250 range, I can see myself having a lot of Jaron Duran. I think he's going to be somebody that just continues to get better and better. Uh, but yeah, he is done for the season. You guys can go ahead and drop him in your redraft leagues. You're still looking at about a 30% roster rate on uh, on Yahoo 31 at the moment, but he is done for the year. So go ahead and drop him now. You already could have probably justifiably dropped him in your shallower formats the way he had been performing recently your 10 teamers arguably 12s uh, but now at this point for sure uh, we got to be dropping uh, Jaron Duran but like I said uh, next year you could potentially see like 15 homers 30 35 steals out of him and we saw the potential uh, for him to be a 300 hitter so a lot of interest going forward for the future but let's talk about the last talking point we got here and that's Edwin Diaz this is something that we talked about earlier on in the season. I wasn't sure if it was going to come to fruition or not. But Edwin Diaz threw a bullpen session. Uh, this was a couple days ago now. He threw the bullpen session. And he sat around apparently 93 to 95 miles an hour. That's not bad considering where we were to start the season. You know, he was throwing, generally he throws like 99, uh, Edwin Diaz. So he'll get up there, right? He will get up there for sure. Um, this was a bullpen session that was the, the first bullpen session that he'd had uh, since the knee injury that he got uh, at the World Baseball Classic. It's a good thing, you know, it wasn't an arm he has to come back from. He still has to ramp up, of course, but it's not like we're dealing with an elbow or a shoulder or hand or any, you know, forearm, whatever, anything to do with the arm. Uh, it's something to do with his knee, which obviously still impacts you as a pitcher, but it's not nearly as serious as if it was something to do with his arm. He is expected, based on what I'm looking at, to come back this season and pitch at some point. Uh, he remained adamant on Monday that his goal is to pitch again for the Mets in 2023. Whether or not the Mets are going to want to do that after throwing you know, a decent chunk of change at him for a closer, I don't know. This season is kind of lost for them. Uh, Edwin Diaz, I'm just pulling up the contract now, is $102 million over five years. Are they really going to want to you know, take any kind of chance in a year where they – Literally, I'm just going to pull up the standings because I, I can't remember exactly how many games out they are right now, but they are not in a great spot. They are, let's see, nine and a half now. They're done. They're, there's no chance at this point for the Mets. I don't really know why they would want to do it. I could obviously see why Diaz would want to get out there and just get some reps under his belt for the season, but I don't really see it making any kind of sense uh, for the Mets. Now, you know, if you have a free IL spot, if you can stash him, if you're in a head-to-head -head kind of league, if you're in any, any kind of league, really, and you can stash him, then sure. It's not like the Mets have an incredibly stable back end of their rotate, uh, back end of their bullpen. So if he does come back, obviously he's going to get a couple of save opportunities. I just question whether or not the Mets are actually going to do that, even if he is fully ready to go. Let's say it's a week from now or two weeks from now. Are they going to send him out there for the last couple weeks of the season? I just can't really see them doing that. Maybe for an appearance or two, if they really, really want to get ballsy with it, or he really is adamant about just pitching this year. 
you know, get him in for a couple of games and maybe at the end of the season. But at that point, he's not really much of a fantasy asset. So I think I think he's a good stash if you have the space, but you got to temper your expectations because I don't think he's going to come back and give you eight saves and strike out 32 batters in 12 innings or so. Like, you know, typical Edwin Diaz like we saw last year, which was just absurd uh, what he gave you in terms of strikeouts, ratios, everything. Uh, I just don't think we can expect that given the short sample size and the ramp-up period that we have to kind of ex- assume is going to take over, you know, a week or two plus you got to figure again like I said well they're not competing for anything so I don't really know if it makes sense uh, from the Mets point of view but that'll wrap it up for us guys uh, we will be back tomorrow going over some hot players to add that has become our Thursday show we're going to be doing that until the end of the regular season as well as our Tuesday mailbags like I said uh, yesterday you guys can get in on those if you just see the tweet on Tuesday you guys want to respond we'll get to your question on Twitter and then again here on the show most likely if it's too niche of a question I might not get to it on the show, but I'll get it uh, to you on Twitter. But tomorrow, we are going to be talking about some hot players over the last week, a couple weeks, over the last month, just looking at some players uh, that we can take advantage of some hot streaks now as we are entering into the head-to-head playoff season. The standard Yahoo playoff playoff start, I believe, next week. I believe it's next week when they start, but there are people who are already in kind of head-to-head playoff situations right now. So we're going to touch on that. We will do that tomorrow. But until then, you guys can hit me up over on Twitter at JoeOrico99, at EthosFantasyBB as well. We post all of our new content over there. And if you're not on Twitter, then hit us up over at SportsEthos.com. That's where you can find all these original links to these shows. That is the mothership of Sports Ethos. So, guys, I'll leave you there. Like I said, tomorrow we'll talk some hot players. But until then, have a great night. Take care. We'll see you then.